Welcome to the Podcast Connector. I'm Christina Rice, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kelly Scott and Kelsey Goldstein. We run the Podcast Connector, a service that connects podcast hosts and aligned guests, like a dating service for podcasts. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes stories and tips about the podcasting world, while also introducing you to some amazing people in health, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and personal development. If you'd like to get booked on podcasts or get connected with aligned guests, head to thepodcastconnector.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram at thepodcastconnector. Let's dive in. I'm drinking my Saqqara Life chocolate metabolism powder, in case you're wondering. Yummy. Ooh. I'm always wondering what beverage you're drinking. I, seven. I drink <laughs> I drink an aggressive amount of beverages. <laughs> I posted about it on my social media. I did what I drink in a day. And I, it was so funny. People were messaging me saying, okay, I knew you liked beverages, but I didn't realize that much. <laughs> like this is borderline problematic. You're <laughs> the most hydrated gal I know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to a fault. I'm very hydrated. Well, you know what? Actually, I want to ask both of you. So I think this is an interesting conversation. You know how, okay, so I learned in nutrition school. If I learned in nutrition school for every caffeinated beverage, somebody drinks that it dehydrates them. So they need to drink more water to compensate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was what I learned. You know, that always felt weird to me to be honest, like, it why does it felt- completely diminish all of the yeah. water that was in that beverage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it you just pull it out. But I feel like, and that's something I learned like, yeah, in school, but then also outside, just like doing health research. Right. And then I've noticed recently a lot more functional doctors coming up and talking about water and they're like, caffeinated things do not dehydrate you. That also counts as water intake. And so I think it's this really interesting conversation that's coming up, <laughs> like <laughs> another, another nutrition battle for moving to water. So, you know what? I just want to know what, what y'all think. Do you think that my coffee counts as water intake or do I have to drink extra water to make up for it? <laughs> Here's what I think got skewed at some point <laughs> in our society is like, if you're just drinking straight up coffee, then that's bad. If you're just drinking straight up soda, that's bad, mm-hmm. but that does not necessarily mean, I think people are like, Oh, for every coffee you have, you should also just have water or like every soda you have, you should just have water. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, that's to like flush out anything from the soda you had, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I think, well, the thing is, it's like, because they're basically, they're like, if it's a diuretic. So the, the idea is if I drink mm. coffee and then it's in, or like tea, dandelion tea, and then it makes me pee a lot. And then I'm just losing water. I think that's where it comes from. So it's like needing extra hydration, but I also, to be honest, don't like believe in the, like I learned drink half your body weight mm-hmm. in pounds in ounces per day. And I'm like, I don't really believe in that. I mean, I, I drink more than that. Um, but I also think about all, most of what I eat is water, is water, like water rich foods. Mm -hmm. And I don't see why I feel like if I was a caveman, I wouldn't be guzzling down a hundred ounces of water. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I would drink when I'm thirsty. I used to tell all of my clients that as a trainer, (laughs) I think the issue is though, I think it's the issue of most of our population, like these things get contorted because most of our population has a problem with like not drinking any water at all. 
Yeah. And so it's like, please, at least like you need some guidance. So here's like a very generalized yeah. minimum. Um, but, then but I don't think like you're going to have organ overly failure. Healthy people. Yeah. Yeah. The overly healthy people then take this advice. Exactly. You know, it's like, and it's like, yeah. no, we're talking to the average American. <laughs> like, I know. Well, I never, I never drank water until I was 20 years old. Like I never drank plain water. I would only drink like orange juice, oh, milk, same. soda. Juice. <laughs> yeah. Juice. And I was, it's so funny. I was talking to my friend here in San Diego a couple of weeks ago and she did, what's that challenge people do? Like 75 hard or something. Do you know what that is? I know what you're talking about. It's like a I'm, thing. It's like a big thing. People and everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. But, and so she's telling me about it and like, like she just drink X amount of water. And I'm like, well, how, how much water do you usually drink? She's like, I don't know, like a cup. I'm like, you drink a cup of water a day. She's like, yeah, I only pee like once a day. I'm like, oh God. I pee every time. <laughs> okay. This is what I would also tell people as a trainer. Like this, I believe is true. If your if your pee is still yellow, please drink more water. Yeah. At least I, get it clear. And then, you know, we can talk. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're taking B vitamins and you're like, that's it's, true, but that's like a bright neon situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a different, more alarming situation. <laughs> Anyway, here's the thing though. Like since I, I went from like hyponatremia, I used to drink way too much water. I was flooding myself and I had all kinds of bad symptoms from it. Um, and that was, especially when I was really underweight, like when I was sick and I, cause I just learned like more water is better and I overdid it. And I, a lot of my weird symptoms when I, when I drank less water, and then I was like making sure I hit my half my body weight in pounds and ounces. And then I started to realize this I'm like forcing myself to drink water. This doesn't make sense. I eat so many vegetables, like no. And then the more energy work I started to do and the more I was like kind of working with higher frequencies and that was like a bigger part of my life. I just, I just need so much more water. Like I just need it. And I, if anybody listening, like if you've ever seen an intuitive, I never understood this before I started doing this work, but they typically have like, we'll have like a big Mason jar of water. Right. Right. And we're just like (laughs) sipping water, like just drinking a lot of water. Um, it's a thing you're burning so much energy, so much light and like needing to flush things out, clear things out, hydrate. Uh, so I drink, I drink a lot of fluids for that reason. And I'm really pay attention to my electrolytes. It's like a huge thing. Um, I live off of elements hashtag not sponsored, sponsored on my other podcast. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I, I'm obsessed with it. I I love it too. I'm like, I cannot live without this. Like I cannot live without it. It's so good that and organify. Cause, and I don't like plain water. I really don't. I actually don't drink any plain water during the day. Um, I drink element. I drink organify. I drink things like this, like, you know, my Sakara life. So, but I get a lot of fluid in. That's my, thank you for listening to my Ted talk on water. I love it so much. Yeah. My, uh, fiance, we just found out he has a dead kidney. So I've been learning lots and lots about this topic, um, like diuretics and fluids and like a whole side of nutrition that I never really mm-hmm. paid attention to. Cause I was like, Oh, gut health is the most important. And now I'm like, yeah. Oh shit, he has a dead kidney. What are we supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, and all these doctors were like, eh, whatever, like, I don't know, don't drink coffee, whatever. And then we went to this specialist, um, a nephrologist and we were trying to ask him like, should we decrease his protein? Should he not drink coffee? All this stuff. And he was like, honestly, do what feels right for your body. Like mm-hmm. just totally intuitively, like if you want water, drink water. If you don't, don't like, yes, pay attention to if you're not drinking it at all, mm-hmm. but 
you just kind of have to intuitively listen to your body. And I think like even me going through my own health journey and like trying everything and trying to measure everything and like, okay, how many glasses of water have I had or how many like grams of protein or whatever? Like I feel the best when I just totally listen to my body and do what that says. It shouldn't be that overwhelming. I love that a doctor said that first and foremost. And it's like, if something as severe as your kidney is dying, you would, you would have to believe that your body is giving you signals in some way. And so I think that's a really good point. (laughs) It's, it's interesting you say that because there's somebody, um, mutual friend who, um, had kidney disease. And I, so I had a similar thing where I started, like, they were asking me and I was like, I have never looked into this. So I just kind of started trying to go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And there was, it was so hard to find information. Like, and I'm like, wow, there's just like not that much. It was really hard for me. And I remember I like put together like a little packet for this person, mm-hmm. um, of what I could find, but it was sad to me. I was like, there's really not that much. And maybe it's because it's, I mean, I think at the end of the day, that probably is the best advice, right? Like really just listen to your body, eat, like eat well, the same way you should with any type of condition, you know, or just in general in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's wild how there's, there's not much out there about it. Yeah. I mean, it's just really funny. I think our society is so obsessed with systemizing everything and having rules for everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like people, people, especially on our weight loss journeys. And this is, I saw this a lot as a coach, you know, all I want them to do is make simple shifts so that they start to feel better. And then they need mm-hmm. me to outline everything, like exactly how much water here's your macros. I'm like, let's start with that because you're going to stress yourself out. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be so stressed that you're not going to make any progress. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think that's, it's interesting because again, it's like so bio-individual for some people tracking actually is super helpful and actually relieves their stress mm-hmm. because they're not worried about, they're like, yeah, I'm getting in all my nutrition. I'm getting my macros. Like, and for some people that really, really works, you know, and other people it's so stressful. Like I actually had both experiences. I like went through a period of six months where I was tracking my macros, like when I was working with a trainer and I never kind of done that. And it was at first it relieved my stress because I realized how much food I could eat when I was eating. I had totally changed. I was eating like high carb and I was like, Whoa, I can eat so much food when I eat high (laughs) carb. Um, so it was actually like a stress reliever. And then after about like two months, I was so annoyed that I had to put my food in every time. And I was like, this is more stressful and I don't even want to eat because I don't want to put this in this stupid app. So (laughs) I think, um, it, it just depends on the person I was talking to a friend I have who focuses on, like weight loss and stress specifically, that's like really her, her niche. And she was saying that most people who come to her, like they're not losing weight because they're so stressed out from the tracking. Like that is the About cause losing of losing weight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So then it's like this whole cycle. You're stressed okay, out about not losing weight. I would love when people would fixate on their macros and be like, okay, well, I accidentally went one gram over protein yesterday. I'm like, listen, you want me to be real? These numbers are fake. Like I pulled yeah. it out of my ass based on like some loose math here. Yeah. Like, it's not if you go over mm-hmm. by one gram, you're not going to hit your goals. Or if you're under by another, you're not going to put on muscle. Like, yeah, we've taken, we've taken formulas that are meant to help us give some structure and like organization to our lives. And then we've completely gone down a path of relying on them a hundred percent. And so it's just funny to see the evolution. I feel like everything that I have learned has gotten like flipped on its head just over the last few years. And I was telling someone, I'm like, to be honest, this is my opinion. Like you can tell the difference between somebody who's only been in the research 
versus somebody who's actually worked with people because once you actually work with a lot of clients, you realize there's a lot that, you know, you were ride or die by, uh, mm-hmm. from the research and, 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 you know, the scientific articles that just doesn't apply to everybody. And like, what are you going to do when you have a client where you're using all of your tools that are all science backed, but they're not getting the results they want. Like you have to go beyond that. Um, I think that's important for people to know when they're receiving nutrition information of like, like, has this, does this person have real life experience helping people? Because I know all of my beliefs completely changed. Like the more clients I saw, the more experience I had there, but then also the personal experience, right? Like of, there's so many people who feel like they're, like they're wrong. They're doing something wrong when they're following the exact science. Everybody says works and it's, you're not doing it wrong. It's like your body might just be different, you know? And I think like the, like selling bio individuality isn't sexy, but it's true. You know, no one wants to be told it depends, but in reality it does. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you're reading articles and these articles were performed in a very curated environment. Mm -hmm. Like no human behavior or lifestyle is taken into account. And I just think that gets so overlooked. I mean, everybody is different. Everyone's lifestyle is different. So, well, I think that the person that those, like the, the general health advice, and I'm not talking about like what the government is saying. I'm talking about real health advice. Okay. Like, (laughs) um, the food pyramid. (laughs) Yeah. Not not the food pyramid, but not, not the falsified food pyramid, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like if we're looking at the holistic health space, like, or people who are like actually looking at the scientific literature who like those recommendations work well for are the people who those studies are mostly on, which is like the, you know, man who's over 25, Mm -hmm. like that's who it's going to be most applicable to to be honest. Right. But we get more nuanced when people have chronic health conditions, when we're looking at women hormones at different ages, like we're all different individually. And then our bodies are also different at different times in our lives and different times. I mean, for women, right. Different times of the month. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know. It's like really thinking about who is this, who is this advice really for? And how long am I going to continue to do the same thing? Because my brain is telling me this has to work as opposed to like just trying something new because I haven't gotten the results I want. Mm-hmm. Classic you know? example of this for me is the protein debate. Oh my <laughs> how God. much protein do I need? Let's talk and it's about like, it. <laughs> it's too much. I mean, I used to be so into this too. And I'm like 0.75 to one grams per pound of lean mass, not total body weight, but it's like, yeah. Are you working with a severely overweight client? Are you working mm-hmm. with someone that's like extremely lean, a competitor? I mean, <laughs> they're very different situations. <laughs> and not to mention, like I was very much in this bodybuilding community space and there are people spewing out research and applying it to their lives. But like not a lot of research or studies have been done on bodybuilders specifically because that's not who mm. we need that information on you know, the majority of the people that we're looking for health answers for are the people that are actually struggling with their health. It's, yeah, you know, standard American diet followers, people that mm-hmm. need <laughs> weight loss help or health help. And so, yeah. well, and people talk about high protein diets, but I'm like, but what's a high protein diet? Like yeah. everybody has a different definition of that. And like, also when we're talking about protein, it's like, what type of protein? Like if you're living off protein powder, that's a lot different than if you're eating a whole foods based you know, like, like a whole food, like yes. grass fed beef or chicken. And then if we're talking about like, you're eating chicken breast all the time compared to something with the fat, like 
I mean, I just believe in going back to nature. I also believe in cycling, like, like just cycling our macros. I mean, that just is what makes the most sense to me. And really what makes the most sense to me is environment, like, and like where, where, where we are living, but, and then also where are we from? Like, you know, where our ancestors from. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is actually most, most helpful. That's, that's my opinion. That's kind of my conclusion, but I mean, I've been all over the the gamut. It's wild because I was always so pro like high protein diets. It's something I never thought I would change. And now here I am doing everything that I thought was crazy. I'm like over here, plant-based I'm plant-based. I don't, I like, I don't, I don't even know. I probably have like 50 grams of protein a day, which I feel I, like that's, and again, uh, super never nuanced, thought I, would but have. I feel like that's a totally acceptable amount. I mean, you're not, man, if you ask my, if you, if you ask my nutritionist brain, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm going to disintegrate to be honest, but <laughs> to be honest, like, and I have that, but, but I also know how I feel physically, you know, and like physically I feel better than I ever. I mean, I think that I was constipated for so long because I ate so much protein. It was just like, it was not breaking down. I was taking lots of HCL. I mean, my whole life was around supporting my stomach acid, right. Healing my gut. But it was like, I mean, my gut got way better when I just eased up on that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that was my experience. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's very humbling when you have your own health experience. Right. And like you try all the diets. And then also when you like see other people, um, really struggling. And for me, that like forced me to get out of my comfort zone with what I wanted to recommend, because like, you know, you just want that person to, to feel better. Um, I was talking to my friend about this. She works for, um, she's like the, the nutritionist for a functional medicine doctor that I'm really, I'm really close to them. And we kind of have all had the same evolution. And he was all like, his practice, like what she, it was always very like paleo, like high fat, low carb. Like that was the, that was the thing. And in the last two years, it was very much mirroring my path, but she's like, we've been like, put it, we've been like trying out high carb, low fat diets for these people with like chronic conditions and they're all getting better. And she's like, it's like blown our our minds. Um, and, but she was saying, she's like, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling. Hmm. You had someone on your podcast that talked about this, um, a while ago. And he was saying how it's usually like one extreme or the other that works for people. Like you can, you can have a really high fat diet. Um, low carb. I I was talking to, um, Brian Sanders about this. Um, I wrote, I wrote a long article on this because I was looking into this when I was doing the potato diet mm-hmm. and oh, I forget what her name is, but there's this woman who did it. Like she did a great job going into all this. And I was looking up her work, but she was talking about like, when you're in the middle is where it's like, it causes issues. People, yeah. People are going to feel better when they pick an extreme. And even mm-hmm. like when we, when we look at all of the research that says that a high carb, low fat diet, like is an ideal, which is what most of the people in the paleo space are looking at. Right. Mm-hmm. We're looking at she was saying like, we have to look at the percentages of of fat. And she's like, basically where the, the, the okay zone is, is when you're less than 20% fat, but when you're like 25% fat, suddenly you're in this weird, like middle ground. Um, and you know, there's what's his name, like the rice Kempner diet where the, all these people were like, 
I forget where it was exactly, but they were helping so many people heal from all these issues by putting them on a super high carb, like basically no fat diet. Uh, and people were like, how is this working? And so she was talking about like, you have to look at the percentages, right? Um, so it's very interesting. It's, it's very interesting. But even with that, I had conversations with a lot of my friends who are nutrition nerds about this. And I have friends who like, we, we would, we tried both ends of the spectrum. And like this one friend I was talking about who works for that doctor, um, she's kind of had a similar experimental phase and she's feeling the best she's at. She's ever, she ever has like all of her gut issues have gone finally. And I was asking her, I'm like, are you eating like super high carb, low fat? And she was like, no, I'm honestly eating like high carb, high fat. She's like, and I just don't really worry about protein. And she was like, I was trying to avoid that. Cause I thought that was like bad middle ground. She's like, I don't really understand how it's working, but honestly, my gut feels great with this. Yeah. Um, well, and also it's like at, so. certain diets will serve you for certain seasons. And I think for yeah. me, I've experienced this a lot. Like keto was very healing to me at one point and I felt amazing on it, but it had a certain limit. I realized after a few weeks, I was no longer one reaping the same benefits, but two, just like my body needed carbs again. And especially like as a young adult woman Mm -hmm. who has her cycle, like I just felt the need to reintroduce carbs. And so I do think it's just so interesting how people, and this is kind of like what you were saying with your friends and their business and how their paradigm is kind of shifting. They don't know what to do, but I see people, I feel like we've talked about this before too, but they commit to one way of doing and thinking like one paradigm in the health and fitness space, like keto strictly, and they build their whole brand around. And then it's like, Mm -hmm. but at some point, maybe that won't work for you again. Maybe you hit menopause. Maybe you have a baby. Like, and then what do you do? (laughs) I mean, you build your whole life around that. (laughs) If you have the perfect diet, you won't hit menopause. Don't worry. (laughs) That's what I heard. That's what I heard around the block. So no, but it's true. And I think about that. Like, I remember uh, when I was like 21 and I remember thinking like, I should brand my business around keto because keto has like saved my life and I'm obsessed with it and I'm never going to eat differently. You always think that (laughs) until you don't. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So when I was like 21, I thought maybe I should just make my brand something with keto in the name or, or even paleo because, I thought I love this. It totally healed me and I'm never going to eat a different way. Like that was just how I thought. Um, but there was something in me that felt like I'm just nervous. Something might change. You know, I, I don't know that I just felt like I'm not going to do that because I was really, I also thought about my intentions and I'm like, why would I really be doing that? It's because I know that that would just get me more visibility. And I just felt like that wasn't, I was like, if that's my intention, I shouldn't change yeah. it. Just for that it's reason. A trend. It was yeah. a trend at the time. Well, but that's what people did. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, cause I was seeing this all around me, right. It's like everybody who, who was into keto, like they changed their podcast name. They changed their website. Oh my God, they yeah. branded to, and I bet you can think of some other people, um, with other trendy diets who, you know, people do this and I'm not saying like, it's bad. I'm just saying like, once you're locked into that, it's really, I have a number of friends who did that. Okay. And I'll use keto as an example. Cause there are quite a few people who did this, who are close to me, who branded themselves keto. They blew up. Okay. And then, you know, two years later, they're not eating keto anymore. They don't even like keto and they're living like this double life lie. And they feel like if I change it now, everybody's going to like, that's their identity. And they feel like nobody's going to trust me if I change it now, you know? 
Um, personally, not gonna I was, lie, I had an what? account when I was keto and actually keto like kind of blew up. It was gone keto with Kels or something like that. And it was like the closest I got to my Insta fame. And then like suddenly one day I wasn't keto anymore. It was like a two week run, like my two weeks of fame. And then yeah, um, I just completely dropped off the face of the earth because I was then no longer keto. <laughs> I mean, that's how people found accounts though, right? Like if you have a good search term. And so if it's, it's a buzzword, you, yeah. Yeah. If it's a and but this is the thing, like with branding, if there's something that is a buzzword, like it's it's smart marketing wise to put that in your name, right? Like if you're gonna name a program, you want it to be as clear as possible so that when people search it, they find it. Um, but yeah, it's just taking responsibility for that of like, you know, if I'm gonna name my brand around this way of eating, if I ever change, like staying in integrity with that and being like, Hey guys, like I'm changing this because actually this doesn't resonate. And that's totally fine. Like that's Mm -hmm. totally fine. I think that makes people respect you where I have an issue is when people are continuing to advise everybody eat this way when they don't even believe in it anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just glad I didn't tie myself into any single diet clearly because I tried them all. Um, (laughs) you know, but you would have a lot of rebranding. Yeah. Yeah. I've already had enough rebranding. Yeah. Without (laughs) it. So, um, but yeah, I think, I I don't know. I I don't know. I think a lot of the, but to me, I feel like a lot of the people who are so stuck on one diet, I'm like, have you worked with clients? Is how I feel because I worked on you. Yeah. I mean, I saw this all the time again, and like the fitness and bodybuilding space, people preaching, this is exactly what you need to do look, to look like me. And someone who's mm-hmm. new to that and just getting into their journey sees you and they're like, oh, you know what you're doing? Cause you look like that. And you're mm-hmm. telling me exactly what to do to look like you. I'm going to try this. And then they try it and it's not working. They're like, I must not be doing it well enough. Like mm-hmm. I have to push myself harder. And, oh God, that was one of my biggest pet peeves. You know, <laughs> I think, I think does a great job with this. Um, Alyssa VD, mm-hmm. like her book in the flow. Like, I think she does such a great job explaining like, like just like different macros that might feel better for you at different times in your cycle. I think that's such a great example of somebody who like explains how different things can work at different times. So I'm just thought I'd plug that. Abby, I'm curious, have you tried any fad diets? I know Christina and I clearly <laughs> have done a lot of, yeah, I was going to say one, two, like when you're in this space as an influencer in air quotes, like you have a lot of responsibility, especially if your audience has chronic illness, because I definitely, as someone in that audience, like had to learn for myself that you can't just stick to that one. And I think it definitely held me back in my healing journey because I was like, I trust this person, things that I've tried that they've talked about have worked for me in the past. Like they have to know what they're talking about. And then, like you said, you learn like, wait a minute, this person just ate sugar when I've been eating no carbs, no sugar for two years. Like, and I feel like shit. So like I learned about paleo from Christina's podcast, actually, that's how I found Christina. Um, Yay. So yeah. (laughs) Um, and I did paleo strict for like two years, like no carbs, like was afraid of fruit. Like when I met Christina in person, she had to like, give me a pep talk to eat an ice cream that had date sugar. (laughs) She was like, Abby, you're going to be okay. (laughs) You can, you can always count on me to, to pep talk you into a dessert. I I am that person. That marshmallow (laughs) topping. Or peer pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Peer pressure. (laughs) um but I definitely had to learn like I just kept getting more and more sick and paying for more and more doctors who like didn't deal with what I dealt with 
And they were like, oh, this is what I learned in school. Here you go. Like follow this to a T. And I was like, God, I'm so sick of this. Uh Um, And I definitely fell into the camp of like high carb, low fat now and actually reintroducing dairy, which I have not been able to eat my entire life. And now I can like drink a glass of cold milk and be fine, which is something I never thought I could do in my entire life. Um, So I think you just have to like totally try things out. And if something's not working, you don't wait two years to try something else. Yeah. Are you, so are you doing like grains and stuff now? Yeah. Um, I'm following the Ray Pete diet now. It's yeah. He's blowing, blowing up. Yeah. I feel like yeah. that's been blowing up. Yeah. I, mean, I feel freaking amazing. I've been like, this is the best I've felt since I got sick. That's awesome. Ago. So yeah. There we Here go. I yeah. am. I can't even look at an apple. <laughs> my body will explode. I can't touch nuts. I'm never eating a nut again. Oh my God. Yeah. My, I'm like, just everything for me is like vibrational. Like that's just like my whole lens now of like, it's like supporting my channel. Honestly, it's like, what is, what is the vibration? That's like how I view things. So I don't even, and it helps me honestly so much just to like view it from that lens. Um, and so it's funny because when people ask me, like if I'm out at a, like if somebody asked me who's new, I'd probably just be like, yeah, I'm paleo to get the point across of like, I eat whole foods. Like I don't listen. I eat healthy. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's like I eat, yeah. You know, it's like, I want to like, but I, eat, you know, I eat grains, I eat beans, I eat you know, plenty of carbs. Um, so I, I, I drink a lot of things. So <laughs> <laughs> I drink a lot of beverages. Um, but yeah, I think it can, it's a place a lot of people get caught up in. And I, I think it's so sad. Like when you zoom out and I think about God, how sad is it that like we have a whole industry on like how, how to eat. Like it's like, so basic. We're so far removed from like, that's like a natural thing for us to do. Right. It's like, the cavemen would laugh at us if they saw like you guys really just like don't even how lucky are you like we're just eating what we can freaking forage and hunt like you know what I mean? it's the same with fitness too it's like here's this specific workout and you need this many reps and sets and before it's like yo i'm gonna go hunt a lion and like yeah. i'm, I'm yeah. fine <laughs> but yeah it's like i mean i think it's a obviously i think it's a very important industry i love the whole industry i just like I see, I love learning about all the different approaches and I think there's value in all of them. And, um, I think that we need to pay attention to when it's becoming more stressful than helpful, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, when are we continuing to do the same thing over and over again? Like what, like Abby, what you were saying, I mean, I look back and I'm like, I worked with so many different doctors and practitioners and it was just the same thing again and again with like a different face, like different supplement protocol, like with in name, but like, it was really just the same thing again and again for years. So so yeah, if I took one more SIBO test, I was going to freaking throw something. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, this isn't it, you know? And I think now it's like, it's, it can be hard for me sometimes because sometimes people will like come to me and ask me about this because they know I know about it. And I'll be like, look, that's not the thing. Like there's something else going on, but they're so zero. Like, no, my doctor told me it's SIBO. I'm like, yeah, yeah my, it's your fifth time taking a SIBO test. Obviously, like there's something else and you don't have to believe me if you don't want to. I'm just, I'm just going to offer that because I know what it's like to take a hundred SIBO tests. <laughs> yeah. And um, like, that's something too, like 
that I fell into was like the root cause. Like, so that's what makes you get away from traditional medicine. It's like, oh, I want someone who looks at the root cause. But then I learned there's another layer behind that, like the root cause of the root cause. Yeah. Because you, know? you yeah. Can think the root cause of you feeling sick or bloated or whatever is SIBO. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, what's causing the SIBO? Exactly. Are you stressed? Are you exhausted? Are you like, you know, all the yeah. emotional side of things that no functional, not no functional medicine doctor would say, but yeah. like a lot of them hand you supplements and tell you mm-hmm. what to eat and that's it. Yeah. Well, it is one layer of the root cause. Right. But then it's like, I mean, going back to like, you know, a lot of traditional doctors literally don't have the time in, mm-hmm. in like how many patients are seeing to go deeper, right? So they do what they can in the time they have, but that's the same thing for functional doctors as well. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them literally don't have the time to like sit with you for two hours and do emotional release work. Like they just don't have the time. And that's also not part of their training typically. Right. And for so many people, that's actually the root cause, right? It is that emotional release work. Like it's all trapped emotions. It's all trapped energy. It's what has created, we like to talk about like, you know, setting up the gut, like like what has allowed for this to manifest, you know, with, with the terrain internally. And it's like, okay, but what's allowed to manifest is like this energetic imbalance, right? It's, it's this chronic stress. It's these trapped Mm. emotions, this trapped anger, this feeling I'm not good enough, this negative self-talk. And like, you know, I heard that for years, I heard that for years. And I just was like, no, like I'm nice to myself. Right. I mean, I just didn't want to hear it. I was like, I wanted it to be a food I could eat. And I have like, you know, you just got to get pushed until you actually listen. But I also know a lot of people, it's cool for me to see, like, there are other people who I see who have very similar, um, like they'll have SIBO and they actually go just directly to the emotional stuff and they like skip all of the supplements and, and protocol. And like, like, I see this actually a lot in San Diego, which has been cool. And they're like, yeah, I started doing like this trauma release thing every week and my SIBO went away and they never like went on a protocol. And so I think some people are like, they just accidentally fall into understanding that, or like people are talking about it more. So they're more aware, but I think that's cool too, because to me, that's, that's real root cause, you know, because something sets up your body to, to have SIBO. I think that's, what's hard. It's like, people have a hard time understanding like candida SIBO, like, like, what is that a symptom of mm-hmm. You know, going through that journey now? I, I will also say as a trainer, it's just like the basics get so often totally overlooked. And it's, I would talk to my clients and I feel like most trainers, all trainers aren't trained to do this, but I knew from my own experience and doing my own outside research that this was important, but like how many personal trainers are really asking you how much sleep you get at night, how often you drink alcohol, how stressed you are at your job. But that was something I made sure to ask because it's so crazy. What just like encouraging your client to sleep seven hours a night can do (laughs) feel like I'm not losing any weight. And instead of just throwing them into like an intense cardio program, an intense muscle building program, an intense diet, like have them start with that, have them start de-stressing from work, like simple, basic lifestyle shifts that should be very common sense, but just aren't nowadays. I mean, that's where you should really focus your attention first before you get into the minutia and go down a very deep rabbit hole, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Sleep goes a long way. I mean, that's something I did not have on lock for so long. Like, and I really, that should have been nailed in truly <laughs> like step number like, one yeah, that people don't I f- know. I feel like more trainers are becoming aware of that. Like, I feel like the trainers that I know all like, they are like, you're not allowed to work out if you haven't gotten eight hours of sleep. Yeah. So I think people are much more aware of this, um, than they, than they used to be. But I will also say kind of going off of this, something that's been like a relatively recent realization for me just thought I'd share on the exercise 
root. Like I've always been so anti-cardio, like hated cardio. I was like, fuck cardio. We don't need it. Like whatever. Um, this was like actually a very important piece of me understanding. Like I actually do way more cardio now and I feel way better. Like, and I never thought I just had to like find cardio that I liked, but like, I feel it actually has been so key for my digestive system, like running well. I was going to say for you, I feel like it's a, you have to almost digest all the energy you can see work with every day. And that's a good release for it. Mm -hmm. Well, intuitively I kept like getting guided, like to do more cardio. Like, and also because my adrenals were so stressed, I was like, I'm not going to do cardio. That's going to stress my system, but it actually helped de-stress my system. And it helped again, like me process everything. There's a reason why. And I don't really do much strength training anymore. I pretty much do like, I mean, I do Pilates, I walk a lot and I do like cardio, like jumping things, like I like jumping, 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 <laughs> like jumping. It helps move a lot of stuff, but I, and it's yeah. fun for me. Like, and I think that's, and I dance, right. It's like mm. things that are really fun for me. And I used to not let myself do that. Cause I was like, I'm going to fuck my metabolism. If I do cardio, I was like, you know what I mean? And now I, I don't do any of the resistance training I used to only do. And it's like, it's like, it's like loosen my body up, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like allows things to move through. And so it was this huge duh moment of like, when I just started doing like cardio more regularly and not because of like, I have to do cardio. It's like, this just sounds fun. And is actually like moving things through my body and releasing energy. I mean, my whole system has worked so much better. You heard it here. If you need to go take a good poop, do some jumping things. Yeah, truly. <laughs> that's your new exercise regimen. Truly. So <laughs> that's my revelation. Never thought I'd say that one, but I love it so much. I feel yeah, like this yeah. is a really interesting conversation and we clearly are all very passionate about it. Cause I feel like we've all had our personal demons to battle in this mm-hmm. realm, <laughs> but I would love to hear if anyone listening has had a similar experience or where you're at now and what's your current routine. So reach out to us on Instagram, comment on our post about this episode going live. And we're super excited to see you again in the next episode. Make sure you leave a rating and review if you feel called. It really helps out the show. And yeah, thank you everybody for listening in. Bye guys. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.